Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. A blessed Sunday to all of you. It has really been some tough few weeks for our country and for many of us. With COVID-19 cases on the rise again, many are out of work, our hospitals are overwhelmed, our health workers are getting infected, and many sick people, whether with COVID or other illnesses, are not getting the treatment that they need. Indeed, these are some tough times we are in. Now the question is, is there anything the church can do? Can we learn something from the book of Leviticus that we can apply during these difficult times? The answer is yes. As we have mentioned a few times already in our journey through Leviticus, the central theme of the book is God's holiness. And when we hear the word holiness, many times we only think of being perfect, keeping away from sin and the need for atonement and sacrifice. But holiness is much more than these. Holiness is actually proactive. Holiness deals with our everyday life. It is not just about rituals. Holiness affects how we treat other people. Holiness in action. And that is what we will learn in our passage for today. So, let us open our Bibles to Leviticus chapter 19, verse 9 to 18, and let us read together how we can put our holiness into action. Leviticus 19, verse 9 to 18. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap your field right up to its edge. Neither shall you gather the gleanings after your harvest. And you shall not strip your vineyard bare. Neither shall you gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. I am the Lord your God. You shall not steal. You shall not deal falsely. You shall not lie to one another. You shall not swear by my name falsely and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. You shall not oppress your neighbor or rob him. The wages of a hired servant shall not remain with you all night until morning. You shall not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block before the blind, but you shall fear your God. I am the Lord. You shall do no injustice in court. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great, but in righteousness shall you judge your neighbor. You shall not go around as a slanderer among your people, and you shall not stand up against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. You shall not hate your brother in your heart, but you shall reason frankly with your neighbor, lest you incur sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. May God bless the reading of his word. The passage that we have just read lists down some instructions and prohibitions the Lord commands his people to obey. Actually, the whole list starts from chapter 18 and goes all the way to chapter 22. We are just going to focus our attention today on the instructions on how the Israelites should treat and deal with people, with other people and with each other. And the motivation, or should I say the heart of all these instructions, is to reflect God's holiness in their lives. In Leviticus 
chapter 19, verse 2, it says, Speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. And so, as you can see here, holiness is not just about sacrifice or being ritually clean. Holiness is to be applied in their everyday lives. Holiness is something practical. Holiness must be reflected on their sexual behaviors, on how they conduct their businesses with others, how they treat their land, and most importantly, how they should treat their neighbors. Their offerings and the rituals in the beginning of the chapter are just a start. Through their acceptable sacrifices, God already made them holy. Now that they have been made holy, they are now to reflect God's holiness through their everyday lives. They were made holy to display God's holiness. And in our passage for today, we see that God's holiness is displayed by how we treat other people. God's holiness is displayed by how we treat other people. And what God wants his people to understand, both then and now, is that living with the perfect God comes with loving his imperfect people. Living with the perfect God comes with loving his imperfect people. This is how we can be holy, just as the Lord our God is holy. This is holiness in action. Let us now understand how we can do this in our daily lives. First, let us look at chapter 19, verse 9 to 10. It says, When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap your field right up to its edge. Neither shall you gather the gleanings after your harvest. And you shall not strip your vineyard bare. Neither shall you gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. I am the Lord, your God. You see, Israel in ancient times is a highly agrarian society. Agriculture is their main source of food and income, just like in our country. But I doubt many of us living in Metro Manila understand the significance of these instructions. What God prohibits here is for landowners to endeavor to gather as much as he possibly can from his fields. He must not harvest up to the far corners and the edges of his territory, nor pick up all the grains that have fallen to the ground during reaping. The same applies to the owner of the vineyard. Vines should not be stripped bare during harvest, nor the fallen grapes to be picked up. Now, these instructions might seem unwise and wasteful, especially for most of us growing up in traditional Chinese homes where we are taught that nothing should be wasted, that the last drop of toothpaste must be squeezed out from its tube. But no, God is not teaching the Israelites to be wasteful. Instead, God wants them to think about the poor and the foreigners in their midst. The edges of their field and the fallen grain are left, are to be left to be harvested by those who doesn't have a land of their own and therefore, no, and therefore no source of food. Now, what is God teaching his people here? Is that, the holiness, is that holiness in action means showing kindness towards the less fortunate. Holiness in action means showing kindness towards the less fortunate. 
we see an example of this happening in the book of Ruth. When Naomi and Ruth came back to Israel, they were both widows and they were empty-handed, no land of their own, and they have to rely on the kindness of God's people. And true enough, there was such a man who observed these instructions of God, and his name was Boaz. And he let Ruth glean in his fields, and he even goes beyond it. In Ruth chapter 2, verse 15 to 16, it says, When she rose to glean, Boaz instructed his young man, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and do not reproach her. And also pull out some of the bundles for her, and leave it for her to glean. And do not rebuke her. You see, this is a clear picture of what God expects from his people to be kind toward the less fortunate. This is holiness in action. And this is, in this same kindness, it was, is what is expected from us today, from the church, as the present people of God. This kindness should not be limited to our brothers and sisters in Christ, but must extend even to others, even to non-believers. Just as Jesus taught his disciples through the parable of the Good Samaritan, the question is not about who is our neighbor, who, is, who are we, who, who are those that we need to help. But the question is, who can we be a neighbor to? And we put our holiness into action when we show kindness towards the less fortunate. And how can we show simple acts of kindness towards others every day? You know, I remember when one of my classmates from Singapore Bible College came here in the Philippines after our graduation. I brought him to Divisoria, and he bought some printed T-shirts from the street vendors. I told him that he can haggle with the vendors and ask for more discount. And then he told me that no need because the price was already reasonable for him. And that made me realize that those few pesos that I will save from haggling probably means more to the vendor than to me. For me, they are just a few change that I can put in my car. But for them, it can be their pamasahe, pauwi, or their baon for their children. You see, that is one way we can show kindness towards the less fortunate, by avoiding haggling for more discounts with street vendors allowing them to earn more. Another way we can show kindness is by bringing food and giving them to those who begs on the street. You know, I have made it a point not to give money to street beggars because I'm afraid they might just end up on some syndicate's pocket. So what I do is, instead, is I always bring a bag of crackers with me in the car either magic flakes or sky flakes, and I give two packs every time someone approaches my car. You see, brothers and sisters, there are so many ways to put our holiness into action by showing kindness to the less fortunate, especially now during this pandemic. We only have to proactively look for opportunities to do so. You know, in our church, we have started this food care ministry where we bring food to those who are quarantined because of COVID and or other reasons. If you want to be involved in this ministry, you can contact our church 
and look for Reverend Tony Cheng. And you can ask, or you can ask your life group leaders on how you can help in this food care ministry. Brothers and sisters, living with the perfect God comes with loving his imperfect people. Living with the perfect God comes with loving his imperfect people. And we can do this by showing kindness towards the less fortunate. That is holiness in action. The next instructions are focused on the Israelites' dealings with each other or with other people. To be holy means they should not take advantage of others nor abuse others that are weak. Holiness in action means dealing truthfully and justly with others. Let us look at each of these commands by God. First, in verse 11 to 12, it says, You shall not steal, you shall not deal falsely, you shall not lie to one another, you shall not swear by my name falsely, and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. Here the Lord prohibits dealing dishonestly with others. Many uh, in these instructions are already part of the Ten Commandments, which tells us that they are very important in the lives of God's people. Most of the time, people deal dishonestly with others in order to take advantage of the other party. During the ancient times, people lie or bear false witness against others so as to take control of a person's property, either land or livestock. Doing this, therefore, is the opposite of loving one's neighbor. And what is the Lord's name got to do with this? You see, often the one who is lying is forced into a situation in which he must back up his words by a formal oath taken in God's name. We still see this today in a court of law where witnesses have to take an oath placing their hands on the Bible and swear on the name of God. And therefore, when a person lies under an oath taken in God's name, he then profanes God's name, which is a terrible sin. Therefore, God is telling the Israelites not to deal dishonestly with others and profane the Lord's name in the process. Instead, they are to deal truthfully with one another. This includes keeping their promises to one another and being true to their word. This is one way we today can apply this command in our daily lives. You know, every day, whether we are in our workplace or school or in our homes, we use words to vouch for ourselves. Therefore, as people of God, we must be careful to always keep our word, whether to a business associate, to our employees or bosses, to our spouses and our children, or when we borrow money from a friend or from a colleague, be sure to pay them back completely what you owe them and on the time you promise to pay them. If you commit to finish a task or commit in a ministry, then we must work hard to accomplish what we have committed to do. When we promise to help at home or to spend time with our kids, we must do them. That is how, holy, how we put holiness into action. 
Next is found in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 13 to 14. It says, You shall not oppress your neighbor or rob him. The wages of a hired servant shall not remain with you all night until morning. You shall not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block before the blind. But you shall fear your God. I am the Lord. Here, the Hebrew word for rob means to snatch something violently. This depicts, the, this depicts taking advantage of the weak to get what they want, either by physical force or by exercising one's power or position or influence. These are a form of oppression against the weak. And, in, and an example of this in the ancient times is the practice of holding back a day laborer's wage. This deprives the laborer the possibility of providing food for his family and therefore causing him to harm others. This, again, is the opposite of loving one's neighbor as God commanded his people to do. And usually the victims of this kind of oppression are the weak and the handicapped, like the deaf or the blind. When you live with the Holy God, you are not to take advantage of other people, especially the weak. You are to be just in your dealings with others because the Lord is a just God and he deals with his people justly. Therefore, we should do the same to others. We can apply this even our time by giving our workers and our kasambahais their lawful wages and benefits. I know in the Philippines, many workers are forced to accept work below their minimum wages. Many employers take advantage of employees in dire need and pay them less than what they are supposed to be paid. And the workers accept because less for them is better than nothing. But you see, as Christians, as people of God, as followers of Christ, we should not do this. We must pay our employees and workers in time and according to their lawful wages because we are commanded by God to deal justly with other people. This is holiness in action. Now in verse 15 to 16, it says, You shall do no injustice in court. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great, but in righteousness shall you judge your neighbor. You shall not go around as a slanderer among your people, and you shall not stand up against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. Here, the Lord commands his people not to be partial, either favoring the poor or siding with the rich. Instead, we must judge each other in righteousness. We should be fair in our dealings with others. We should not favor the poor just because they have the disadvantage, nor should we favor the rich and take advantage of their generosity. You know, as a church, we are prone to partiality, and we must be careful. There should be no special treatment between the rich and the poor. And even if you are the rich or the poor in church, don't expect to be given special treatment. Because James, the brother of Jesus, teaches us that it is a sin to do so. In James chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. 
Brothers and sisters, living with the perfect God comes with loving his imperfect people. And we can do so by dealing truthfully and justly with each other. This is holiness in action. And by doing this, we are not only pleasing our Lord, but we are also helping one another. And so now we have learned two ways on how we can put our holiness into action. First, by showing kindness to the less fortunate, and second, by dealing truthfully and justly with one another. And now, the last one in the list on how we put our holiness into action is by forgiving and loving one another. Let's look at verse 17 to 18. It says, You shall not hate your brother in your heart, but you shall reason frankly with your neighbor lest you incur sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance or bear a, grudge, uh, bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Living in a community, it is impossible not to be offended or be hurt by other people. Because as much as we are the people of God and we have been made holy to live in the presence of God, we are still imperfect people sinful in nature. That means whether we are aware of it or not, our greed, our selfishness makes us take advantage of other people and hurt them so that we can get what we want. Even as Christians, we are not exempted from this. And when we are wounded, what do we do? We retaliate. And so the cycle never ends. And therefore, there's a great need for the people of God to practice forgiveness. God prohibits people from exacting revenge against those who have wronged them. Instead, they are to trust that the Lord is just and not to put justice in their own hands, instead, but instead wait for the Lord's judgment against their enemies, against those who oppress them. In his own time, God will hold the guilty accountable. But for the meantime, those who trust in him can be patient, but at the same time, be confident that God will right the wrongs that they, are be, uh, that they have been bearing. They should not hate their enemy despite being wronged, but instead address each other's sin as they are all part of the people of God. They are to love one another. Jesus teaches his disciples the same thing. In Matthew 5, verse 43 to 45, he said, You have heard you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. Instead of making enemies of our brothers and sisters who have wronged us, we must reason frankly with them to let them see the error, their error or sin. Of course, we know this is easier said than done. But it must be done. We must not hold a grudge or exact revenge. But you know, sadly, in um, all my years being in the church, both as a member and a pastor, I have seen that the opposite happens more often. When I see brothers and sisters in Christ getting hurt or getting offended or hurting each other, I rarely see them address their conflict directly with one another. They usually share their hurts and pains with others 
and thus causing more division inside the church. I see this passive-aggressive behavior among many Christians inside the churches. And this should not be the case among brothers and sisters in Christ. As a family of God, we have been, if we have been hurt or offended by our brothers or sisters, it is better to be honest and deal with them directly rather than going behind their back and complaining to others what has been done to you. And we must learn to forgive each other. For even though we have already been made holy by God, our sanctification is an ongoing process. We all are work in progress, only to be finished and perfected when our Lord Jesus comes back. So we need to forgive one another. You know, I myself have been hurt deeply by by a brother or sister in Christ, and I am sure that I have hurt others as well. There was even a point that I cannot get past my hurt that I wanted to leave UECP already. During the time, I remember crying a lot and making a deal with God. I told him, if you want me to stay, Lord, please help heal my heart and help me to forgive. And when I lifted it up to him, after a few months, he indeed healed my heart and I was able to forgive. Brothers and sisters, this is holiness in action. It is not my own holiness. It is the holiness of God that he has imparted in me that enabled me to forgive. Indeed, indeed living, living with the perfect God comes with loving his imperfect people. But as I have said, this is easier said than done. To love your neighbor to love your enemies, to always show kindness to the less fortunate, to always deal truthfully and justly with others, to forgive one another. And it cannot be done through our own sheer will or out of the goodness of our hearts. It is impossible because we are a sinful people. We need a model and a motivation. And our model and motivation is none other than our Lord. That is why he commands us, be holy for I am holy. And every time he tells, what, he tells people what to do, he tells, him, he tells his people again and again to look to him. He keeps on saying, I am the Lord. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. For he is to be our model and our motivation. We don't love others for the sake of loving them or for the sake of need. We love others for the sake of our Lord. And today, our Lord has shown himself to us through his Son. And he commands us the same thing. In John chapter 13, verse 34 to 35, he says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Brothers and sisters, I know it is hard to love our neighbors, especially as we live in this sinful and broken world. But our Lord has given himself as our example and as a motivation. When he gave his life for us on the cross, he showed us what it means to love one's neighbor and even to love one's enemy. And he wants us to show the same love to others. And we can 
because He has already loved us. For 1 John 4 verse 19, it says, We love because He first loved us. We can love because our Lord first loved us. This is holiness in action. And during this pandemic season, it is important for us to put our holiness into action, to love one another, to love others who are weak. When we are indeed true followers of Christ, then we must love others because loving our Lord and loving his people are like two sides of the same coin. We can never separate them apart. For just as our Lord said, for whatever you do to any of these, you also do to me. And you know, the simplest and the greatest way to show our love for one another during this pandemic season is to stay home and pray unceasingly for one another. Stay home and pray unceasingly for one another. This is what our country, our world, greatly needs from each of us today. And as God's appointed people, God's appointed priests, this is our job, this is our calling, to intercede for our world, for other people. This is how we put our holiness into action. Brothers and sisters, indeed, living with the perfect God comes with loving His imperfect people. And the best news is, we have Jesus, the perfect God, living in us. Therefore, we can love one another, imperfect as we are. We have Jesus, the perfect God, living in us. Therefore, we can love one another, imperfect as we are. UECP, let us put our holiness into action by loving others, especially during this time of pandemic. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we just want to give thanks for today. We thank you for reminding us that holiness is not just about sacrifice. It's not just about keeping away from sin. Holiness is also about loving our neighbors as we love ourselves. Lord, you called all of us to be holy, for you, our God, is holy. So, Lord, may you be our model and our motivation. As you call us to love one another, help us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the one who gave his life on the cross to show his great love for us. May we love others because he has already first loved us. Lord, during this pandemic season, may the love of God in us overflow and may it be evident in our lives. Help us to love one another. Help us to love the weak, to deal truthfully and justly, to live in forgiveness and in love, especially during this pandemic season. Help us put our holiness into action. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.